to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. guys happy wednesday i hope you all are doing okay i know that this is such a hard time but we will get through this you have to believe it it's going to happen and we will come out stronger this will pass i know it will when things are bad they can only go uphill so remember that and this week's episode is with an amazing psychiatrist and we talk about coping mechanisms for stress and anxiety throughout this time and how people with chronic pain can kind of navigate these challenges so that their pain doesn't get worse they don't experience any flare-ups or any exacerbation of symptoms so Dr. Seth Berger, the guest, is amazing. Um, He was on an episode of the podcast about a year ago. So check that one out if you haven't already. And I hope that you guys enjoy it and learn from it and that it helps you, which is really the goal here. I also want to quickly tell you guys about the VHive subscription platform where you can become a member of the VHive and receive exclusive monthly bonus content such as healthy recipes, um, a PDF with the best tips, tricks, quotes, and advice from each guest this month, every month. Um, We also do monthly bonus episodes, which are amazing. And once life resumes back to normal, we'll have monthly events. So there are different tiers you can choose from starting at only $3 a month and all of the money goes to supporting the VHive and just allowing us to continue to produce that content. So please check it out. The website is www.patreon.com backslash the VHive. And I hope that, you know, you can become a member and get some more bonus content and support the VHive. We would so greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Today I am here with Dr. Seth Berger, a Columbia-trained psychiatrist who uses psychopharmacology, talk therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy to help his patients work through life's challenges. So today, of course, we're going to discuss anxiety and stress around all of 
you know, what's going on right now with the coronavirus and being quarantined and especially how that relates to many of us who have chronic pain. So thank you, Seth, for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Of course, I'm happy to be here and to help out. And it is certainly a chaotic and challenging time. So anything I can do to help with uh, people's coping with anxiety and mood and pain, I'm, I'm more than happy to help us. Thank you so much. So the first question that I want to go over with you is, which I've discussed with a lot of people, um, but how can people kind of cope with the anxiety around not being able to go to their normal appointments, whether it's physical therapy, doctor appointment, doctor appointments, different injections that they might get on a regular basis? I know that a lot of people feel like they're going to backtrack in terms of their progress. So do you have any tips or insight or advice as to how people can go about navigating this anxiety? I think that it's a very difficult time and nothing is normal and everything is adjusting to you know, the, the new uncertain period of time that we're dealing with. And it's one is about trying to keep a positive attitude and to stay hopeful and to try not to deviate from the plan. Mm -hmm. So if the plan is physical therapy, that call your physical therapist and see what can you be doing at home that there's plenty of home exercises that you can and probably should be doing that can help decrease anxiety and improve the pain during that time. Mm -hmm. And also, we're so fortunate that it's 2020 and we have incredible ways remotely to be interacting with people. And just because doctors aren't open, physical therapists aren't open, doesn't mean that they're not accessible. So whether you're calling them or using Zoom or any kind of, you know, remote platform to be seeing these people that I'm sure physical therapists and doctors are all able to use these platforms so that if you wanted somebody to help do some home PT and to monitor you and watch you, you can be able to do that. If you have a personal trainer that you could do, you know, online sessions with or remote sessions with to try to help and adjust your routines to the home environment that is certainly possible. And then even if it's just friends for accountability, to set it up where you have somebody, whomever it is, friend, family that you can FaceTime with and say, you know, we're going to do some exercise together virtually mm -hmm. to be able to help each other, to monitor each other, to talk to each other. I think that that also is, is really helpful because in this time, there's just so much that you can't control that if there are some things that you can control, it'll help you regain some power and help you regain some confidence that you're doing everything you can to continue to push yourself forward. Mm -hmm. And do you think that people should be worried about like regressing in, in all of the progress that they've made? Let's say they've been in pelvic floor physical therapy for six months and now they can't go in for, you know, two months or whatever, however long this is going to be. Is it realistic to think that they're going to back, go back all the way to the beginning of where they started? Or, I mean, I personally think that that's not going to happen to like, I don't want to say to anyone, but I think that if you've made X amount of progress, you'll be able to maintain it for the next month or two at home. Yeah. And I, I would find it hard to imagine that people would not be worried about that. I think it is a normal worry. Totally. That's not even an irrational worry. I mean, it's something that, you know, you always develop this plan, you have this plan, you have this belief that you need to do 
you know, your physical therapy, your acupuncture, your chiropractor, your injections, your medication, your therapy. There's, you know, eight different things that you put together and you feel like that's what you need to do well. And I think that in the optimal environment that is not COVID-19, that's what you'd want to be doing to give yourself the best chance of feeling good. But ultimately, if you are not able to do some of that, that does not at all mean that you're going to go back where you were before. That's mm-hmm. more the catastrophic thinking. So it's more about staying in the moment, trying to stay positive, knowing that you will not slip back anywhere near where you probably were before. That, sure, is it going to be harder to motivate yourself to do physical therapy at home? Is it going to be harder to motivate yourself to get out and, and get some fresh air and to do things in a, in a social distance safe way? And is it going to be hard to you know feel like you're doing everything like you want to be doing? Yes, it's going to be a challenge, but I am optimistic that you would not be falling back. If anything, if you've made a lot of progress, that you have some wiggle room to, if you went on vacation for two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to fall back. If anything, right. the change in environment might be helpful. Mm-hmm. The, there's more stressors and less stressors, but maybe by not having to commute to work every day, you have more time to be by yourself and work on meditation and yoga and not have some of those stressors that might make it more challenging. So there's definite ways to keep up the work that you're doing. And Mm -hmm. I think that if people are worried about it, it is normal, but to make sure that they're thinking about it in the most positive, rational way. Yeah. And even, you know, where I live in New York and so do you. And, um, like even I was just thinking about this the other day, taking the subway and like walking everywhere that also can be hard on your body sometimes. And so just having the break of like, I'm out in Long Island and just being in a house like in the country right now, not having to, you know, walk and subway and Uber everywhere like that. That's an element of stress that I don't have right now. And I feel like that is a good break for my body, at least. Definitely. And there's, you know, ways to learn from this experience. And, you know, people always struggle with the difference between weekdays and weekends. And now things are kind of a blend where Mm -hmm. everything feels the same. But there's ways to try to use this time to figure out techniques and things that work for you to be able to self-soothe and relax and unwind and take care of yourself when there's no built-in structure. So I think that it's a time that hopefully people can learn from and continue to follow through with after this is all behind us. But initially, the adjustment period is going to be challenging for everybody. But this is just a short period of time. And then we'll figure out ways to to make sure that we stay as healthy as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So when I posted on Instagram yesterday that I would be talking to you today, I, I did like a poll asking people what questions they would have they had for a psychiatrist. And many of them, actually like almost all of them, were in regards to anxiety manifesting in physical pain and all of the stress that's going on right now making their pain worse. So a lot of people were wondering what can they do to kind of stop the anxiety before their pelvic floor reacts or they get a pain flare up. Um, what, what would be like the best way to go about this? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different techniques and I'll mention maybe five or 10 general categories of what you can be doing when you have some baseline lower level anxiety And then I'll mention a few things when there's a peak in anxiety, because I would agree that most people want to know, well, I'm home. I only have myself and maybe somebody I live with, maybe somebody by phone, a computer, some internet. Okay, so like, what can I be doing to try to help my anxiety? So, you know, the 
there's a great DBT, a bunch of you know great DBT books. A lot of these are taken from DBT books and some from some therapists that I've worked with. What does DBT stand for again? Oh, sorry, it's dialectical behavior oh, therapy. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's more how to regulate your emotions and how to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way of, of learning some some soothing and coping techniques, which actually would apply very nicely to what's going on now. Yeah. So, you know, I'll start with, you know, a a basic example, and that's activities, right? I mean, you want to kind of keep yourself stimulated. So that could be puzzles, that could be coloring, that could be playing an instrument, watching a movie or a show, cooking, drawing, journaling, watching funny YouTube videos, looking at pictures, right? Putting on makeup or doing your hair or gardening, you know, playing with pets, right? It's just activities, Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. kind of activities, board games to keep yourself stimulated. That's one way passing some time if you're not busy doing work, which a lot of people are still working from home. So there's all that as well, which is a a productive activity. But that's, you know, one way of calming yourself down. Mm -hmm. Then another one that I really like during this time is contributing. So how can you contribute? How can you feel purpose? So, you know, a lot of people live by themselves. A lot of people are older and they can't leave their apartment. They can't do all that much. So how can you contact neighbors? How can you call neighbors if you're part of a church or a synagogue? Can you call the church or synagogue up and say, you know, I'm I'm at a place where I want to be helping the elderly. Is there a, a list of phone numbers or email addresses where I can contact people who can't get out, who are isolated, and help them place online orders or just talk to them and just, you know, stimulate them in one way? Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to contribute and make yourself and the other person feel good about it. Yeah. Um, and you could even do that for people that you haven't spoken to in a while. You know, now it's very socially acceptable to be FaceTiming or calling anybody, friends yeah. that you might not have talked about in years, family members that are all over the place. It's a nice excuse to reconnect with people because everybody's more isolated and everybody would welcome the opportunity to talk with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creating a bag of donation items that you don't need. Another, again, a nice way to clean up and to help in terms of what's in your closet but also something that you can possibly do to help other people. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice way to contribute. Making cards for people, you know, as simple as it sounds, writing cards, making cards, sending them to family, friends, older people, um, you know, taking care of dogs and pets, ordering from local restaurants while it's safe. It's just a nice way to to contribute and and to help other places and people. Mm -hmm. So that's a technique, Um, you know, creating different emotions. So if if you're sad or anxious, you know, watching a funny show or a funny video or listening to a comedian or telling Alexa to tell you jokes because Alexa <laughs> tells jokes now. So um, you know, listen to soothing music if you're feeling anxious or upbeat music if you're feeling sad or down. Um, remembering something silly or funny or laughing out loud. You know, those are things that potentially can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, other things is, you know, in terms of movement, you know, doing yoga, stretching, dance, going for a hike or a ride, run or, or, or a bike ride, you know, people are now very concerned. Can you go out? You know, can you, can you go for walks? Can you go for hikes? I mean, the way that I think and understand everything that's going on is that you certainly can exercise and you certainly can and should get out. You don't want to isolate in an apartment or in a house and not be able to leave. Yeah. You just want to keep good social distancing. If you're in a building and there's an elevator and you live on the 35th floor, you know, you have to be careful. Right. Don't go in a crowd. Don't go in an elevator with other people. If you get in and it's empty, if somebody else gets in, you know, get out and then wait and just use an empty elevator. Wear gloves if you need to touch a button and then discard the gloves. Take the stairs if at all possible. It's good exercise too. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly a way to get out and to do things and take care of yourself because um, that's obviously very, very important and helpful. 
um, soothing your senses, you know, take a warm shower, warm bath, mm-hmm. or lighting a candle, putting out your favorite lotions or fragrances or colognes or perfumes or smelling flowers, you know, those are all different ways of kind of calming yourself down. And also, uh, you know, yeah, no, you go. No, please. Um, no, I was just going to say that something I, I just thought about was that, and this is something that I learned in my experience with therapy, but um, just because one day, you know, what, one day might be a pain day. Let's say you wake up, you woke up today and you're not feeling well. It doesn't mean that tomorrow is going to be a pain day. So also just being like, okay, this is just one day, but tomorrow I can do all of these things if I you know, if you can, as you said, like anything that you just explained, if you don't feel up to it one day, the next day might be a better day. You might have more energy to go do X, Y, and Z to do a puzzle, watch a movie, go for a walk, FaceTime a friend, and that the next day might be better. So just like taking it day by day. Definitely. And, and, you know, that also one of the other things that you can do is, is imagery. So if you're feeling like you're in more pain, you're feeling more anxious, you know, just try to use some imagery and imagery approaches where you're remembering times where you were on a vacation and you weren't in as much pain and you were feeling good and thinking about your favorite place and all the details so that you have a place that you can really go to in detail to mm-hmm. remind yourself that you will feel better soon and that there are other places and other times where you felt well and you're trying to get yourself to a calmer place where you can imagine yourself being there. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And something else that I think is really important that we quickly cover is the stress of being stuck in a place with people. Um, I know that this is something that's causing a lot of people stress, understandably so, whether it's, you know, your family or your boyfriend, your kids, your husband, girlfriend, whoever it is, like you're with this person or these people so much more than ordinary and that could cause a lot of stress as well um even if a relationship was difficult before it could be heightened now or even if a relationship was great before it could be difficult now because you're with that person so much so how can people deal with this stress of just being with someone 24 7 and having trouble finding time to escape Right. So, I mean, it's it's definitely about making the best of a really tough situation. That mm-hmm. Whomever you're with, you're with hopefully by choice. That it wasn't that everybody ended up in the same place because nobody had a place to go. That there yeah. were some choices you could have left. You could have went somewhere else or stayed put. And knowing that you made the choice to be with the people that you're with is often helpful to think about. Mm-hmm. And then to make sure you and everybody that you're with knows that you're a team that you have to be a team in the situation. If one person is going to not follow the rules and not follow social distancing, it's going to make everybody at risk. If one person is more anxious or fighting or there's more tension, it's going to make it harder for everybody. So trying to look at it as a team approach, even if it's a situation that doesn't feel so comfortable to be a team player in, um, that everybody needs to have space, that no matter what apartment if you know in the city you've got 500 600 square feet in the studio or you know you got a a luxury place of a thousand square feet they're all small or hopefully you know if you're lucky enough to have a house and you've got different rooms it's about trying to have some space to yourself so if you're doing work have your own dedicated workspace that is is not your bed 
that is really important to have a separate place where you can go to where in the morning I'm just guilty like you of know that. what we do. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's hard, you know, the the thing that everybody wants to do is stay in your pajamas, wake yeah. up late, stay in your pajamas and use your bed for yeah. everything. But you know, if you want to really feel as as productive and good about yourself as you possibly can, you want to wake up at a similar time, maybe a little bit later if you don't have a commute anymore. You know, you want to shower in the morning you want to get dressed in the morning sure you can get dressed and put on comfortable clothes but at least it's fresh clothes every day Mm -hmm. and then you want to have an environment that is replicates you know an office in one way or another so you've got your chair you've got your desk you can put some pictures up or a coffee mug whatever it is that makes you feel like you're in your office just so you have that structure and that routine and that other people know hey this is my office for the next you know few weeks or however long this goes on for so that you have your your own dedicated space and then making sure that you have uninterrupted time. So whether it's you know going for a walk at the end of the day, whether it's having breakfast or lunch by yourself or with the people that you're with, setting up realistic boundaries so everybody knows this is a hard time. You know you can't be on top of everybody 24/7. But at the same time, you're fortunate if you are with people that you have stimulation, that you have other people that you can talk to and be around, which is really nice. And appreciating that. Rather yeah. than dreading it that you don't want to be stuck with them, but that you're you're fortunate. Not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's really helpful. And then also setting the groundwork early that if you're going to family's house, the idea is that you don't need to be there for three months. Right. That if you go there with the idea, hey, we're going to take this week by week. That right now being in the city is too hard. We need more space. We're going to go to the to, you know wherever it is that you're going to. Then you reassess things every week so that you and your family don't have this expectation that you're going to be there for an undisclosed, you know, infinite amount of time Mm -hmm. so that there's no hard feelings. But then in a few weeks, if you want to go back, you could go back and you could always go back and forth as long as you have a safe way of getting back and forth so that this way nobody feels stuck and everybody communicates nicely so that everybody's on the same page because communication is going to be key during this time. Yeah. And that that, that's such a good point. So true. And I think that that's something that makes me feel better much better is just talking to like I'm at my boyfriend's house now which is great but just having the conversation of like okay obviously we don't know how long this is going to last for and all we can do is take it day by day but just having a conversation about like what you know at least for me it gives me a peace of mind like what will two weeks four weeks six weeks look like just to understand like where everyone's head is at and the situation I think is really helpful. Yeah, and everything changes on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. So if right now it makes sense to go to the country and be there for whatever personal reason it is, then that might change in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it might make sense to go back to the city or somewhere else. And as long as everybody's flexible and communicates it, then there's no tension. So it's yeah. just about being open and understanding that we have to be present and in the moment and not think too far in advance because there's no way to predict anything right now. Totally. And one other thing that I just um, remember that I wanted to ask you, we were talking about this before in, in the previous question, but in terms of going out, like let's say you're in New York City or any other city, um, even I know I'm out on Long Island and apparently I haven't been to the beach yet, but someone said the beach is like so crowded. It's like it's like a busy street in the city. Everyone's going to the beach. So what are um, what are like how can people properly go outside whether it's to run walk um if they have to go to a store to get something what are the like parameters that they need to follow 
Yeah, I mean, one is just to be smart. That mm-hmm. you know, you, we know that you have to keep six feet from everybody. So no question, that's you know a given. Keep six feet. So you want to go for walks, you want to go for runs, you want to go for bike rides. Great, fine, wonderful. Just keep six feet distance from everybody. If you want to do a, a social distancing walk and you know everybody's walking ten feet from each other, okay, fine, that is reasonable. But definitely keeping your distance, carrying around hand sanitizer if you were fortunate enough to have some. If not, making sure you're always around soap and water so that you could wash your hands. Um, just anything that you touch, you know, you can touch things. But again, once you touch something, you just want to make sure that you're cleaning yourself so that you don't end up touching your face or your mouth so that you don't contaminate yourself. Right. Um, that in the gloves, everybody talks about gloves, gloves, gloves. Okay, fine. If you're going to be in an elevator and you want to touch a number and then throw your glove out, that's fine. But remembering, a glove is an extension of your hand. So if you touch something and then touch it again and again and again with the glove, it's no different than using your fingers. So mm. just making sure that you're being safe and smart about everything that you're doing. And with grocery stores, try to go during a not crowded period of time. Try not to go too often. Keep your distance and your space. If you can order you know, things to be delivered, that's even better. That's a great way to do it again. You have to be smart, making sure that the delivery person chops it off. You're not in contact with them. If it's in a box or a bag, you know, just wipe it down, clean it the best you can. If it's going to be heated, that's fine. If it's not, just anything that you're going to be eating, making sure that that's clean. So you're doing the best that you can. Yeah. Again, it's not a perfect situation. Not to be upset with yourself if there's things you feel like you didn't clean or didn't sanitize properly. You can't do it 100%. You just want to know that. Everything you're doing, you're being thoughtful and doing the best that you possibly can and that you're not isolating. Nobody's saying that you need to isolate. Well, if you have COVID-19, of course, you're going to quarantine. But if you're healthy and you want to go out for a run or a walk or a bike ride and you can do that safely, you should definitely do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And the last thing that I want to go over is related to keeping a routine and trying to stay on schedule as much as possible. Um, And this is something that, of course, most people are like, whether it's on Instagram or wherever you get your news from, everyone's saying like, try and stay on schedule. And it makes sense why that's obviously so important. But then my question is, what if people are having a really hard time staying on schedule, whether, you know, it's because they're just tired or they're out of their normal environment or their pain is worse and they don't feel well? Should you be, is this like a time to be hard on your, not hard on yourself, but to really be pushing yourself to get up and do the things that you would normally do in a day? Or is it okay to be a little more lenient on yourself right now and allow yourself to not be as productive as you would normally be? I mean, I would definitely encourage you to be kind and gentle to yourself. It's a really difficult, challenging time. You're trying to do the best that you can you know that this is going to be over at some point. It's not going to last forever. Um, and knowing that the uncertainty, it makes anxiety magnified. Mm-hmm. But, but accepting that it's not going to last forever. We don't know everything right now. We will know more day by day that knowing and accepting that it's going to get better soon and that you're doing everything you can, that is really important to kind of calm yourself down. That you have, you should have some resemblance of structure. You yeah. know, that you want to eat three meals a day. You want to shower in the morning. You want to get outside. You want to, you know, have a set area for work. You want to try to to socialize and talk to people, you know, uh, via FaceTime or any kind of video chatting. 
but also that if you have this busy schedule and you're trying to be super productive and you're not able to do it for whatever reason, you know, that's one day to not think that that's going to last forever. Take it day by day. That mm-hmm. If you've had a bad day, you're not feeling good to be hopeful that tomorrow is going to be better and just put less on your list, you know, have three things on your list to do. You know, maybe it's just go outside for five minutes to, to shower and to make sure that you're eating so that if you accomplish all those, you'll feel that sense of accomplishment. Your confidence will be better. And the next day you could tackle more, mm-hmm. but it's important to be flexible because this is such a challenging time. There's so much we don't know. There's so much we have to adjust to and adapt to that. You have to make sure that you're telling yourself that you're going to, you can't be too rigid that you just do the best you can. You make the most of the situation and then, knowing that, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. And I thought of one, one more thing that I want, mm-hmm. um, I want you to just shed some light on quickly. Something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I know at least like talking to my mom, she's saying similar things that like avoiding, not avoiding the news, but limiting the amount of the news that, that you watch is, helpful like she said last weekend she was like I just didn't watch the news because it's just sometimes it's overload of of information and for me I feel like I can kind of wake up go about my day be in a relatively good mood as good of a mood as anyone right now can be in but then as soon as I open Instagram and people are posting about all the sick and dying people or you read the New York Times notifications on your phone it's like brings you back into a sad place And so I guess what I'm wondering is like, I feel guilty not keeping up to date, but at the same time, it kind of, I feel like hurts your momentum and your energy and your, your mood throughout the day. Like what's the the best balance of staying updated, but also trying to keep yourself positive? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's obviously very different for, for everybody, but you know, I think that there's two different parts to it. Uh, One is, you want to be able to feel like you know what's going on, but you're right. You don't want so much information. I mean, you could read articles and they'll tell you that you have to sanitize your shoes every time you walk in and that, you know, they'll tell you about all these, you know, deaths and bad things about younger people that it's just a, you know, a media play in the sense where they're having people feel this paranoid fear so that the people that normally wouldn't listen to things are actually listening and taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And they could play the games with the statistics where, You know, they're not testing all the younger people, so it makes it seem as if all these younger people are getting sick. But really, if they were testing everybody, it would be a whole different statistical uh, game. Mm -hmm. So it's a balance. You know, I would say while people are home, they have more free time on their hands and they go on social media more and they obsess more over it. And that's just going to increase anxiety. Right. So setting limits to if you want to check the news in the morning and at nighttime for a set period of time, fine. But streamline your social media. Don't go on Facebook all day long because, again, that's not going to be the best source of information. That's going to either make you angry or make you anxious. On Instagram, great. You know, that might be a better way. And just streamline things. So if there's things that normally you know come up on your feed that were going to make you anxious or angry, unfollow them for this period of time. Mm -hmm. So at least you could have a better balance when you are checking. So that's one thing is to find that balance and to minimize it and to allow yourself to have an electronic vacation at some point in time. You know, unplug for a day or two days. I think that's really important. Yeah, so like, to, you know, not go on, you know, your emails if it's not work-related or, you know, not check social media for a few days. You know, let yourself recharge, let yourself better understand how you're feeling, how you can process things, 
that makes it much easier for when you just start, when you go back on it, to really try to filter it and see what is bothering you, what you can get rid of, and what source of news is really going to be most helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so and much. I should just make yeah. Yeah, one plug for, um, for New York City Thrive. So there's a campaign. If people are feeling you know, anxious or overwhelmed and have questions or are worried about COVID-19, that in New York, anywhere in New York, you can go on, I think it's Thrive New York City, um, dot city of New York, dot US. You could just Google Thrive New York City. And lots of different psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, mental health providers are on there providing services, volunteering so that they can help people that are struggling during this time because it's really hard. Where do you go? What do you do? Places are closed, not open. You know, you don't want to sit there by yourself and struggle. So there are resources now being put into place to help. Amazing. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to contact you directly, where can they do so? Yeah, so they could always reach out. I'm on Psychology Today, so they could contact me. Um, I'm happy to point them in the right direction and see how I can be helpful if um, and useful, if at all possible. I think that's it. I hope this was helpful. I know this was helpful for me and answered a lot of questions that I've seen people have been having. So thank you again. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Happy to help. Okay. And also, one other thing for anyone listening, um, Seth and I did an episode about a year ago. I will link that episode in the show notes as well. It was a really good episode about managing pain and anxiety that comes with pain. So if that interests anyone, I think that that's another great resource for people right now. Thank you, Seth. Yep, no problem. Happy to help and take care. Good luck. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.